Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits this week. Coming up, I have a very good interview with Neil Wagstaff, who has been on the show regularly, my business partner at Running Hot Coaching. And today we are getting into personalized uh, nutrition and personalized exercise. So understanding how to build the right exercise and diet plan for your specific set of genes. So this is related a little bit to a couple of episodes that we've done prior, but it's focusing in on the nutrition aspects and on the exercise aspect. So I hope you uh, really enjoy this session. Now, Christmas is coming up. So if you haven't got your Christmas presents ready yet, you might want to grab one of my books. We've got three running hots. It's my first one, Running to Extremes, both of those chronicling my adventures all around the planet. Uh, lots of successes and failures, uh, lots to laugh at, lots of fun to be had in those books. And my recent book, Relentless, How a Mother and Daughter Defied the Odds, which is really a book about empowering you to overcome obstacles, think outside the square, take control of your own health. And it's a love story between a mother and a daughter and family. So I hope you uh, grab one of those for your Christmas presents this year. You can get them over on lisatarmity.com under the shop banner. Um, And before we go over to uh, Neil, just want to remind you, we are taking on a small, very small number of clients on -on one-on-one sessions. If you have a health problem i i just was getting uh, asked all the time can you please help me with this or that problem um and so we've actually opened up uh, a number of places we're only dealing with 10 people at a time um on their health journeys if you've got a complicated health journey that you want to help with or you want high performance or you've got some big massive uh goal that you have and you need some support around your mindset or brain injuries or a cancer journey or stroke or whatever the case may be, then please reach out to us, support at lisatarmity.com and tell us what you're looking for and we can see whether we'll be able to help you there. Um, We're enjoying working with a number of people and getting some fantastic results. Um, So let us know if you want to do that. Um, please also give a rating and review to the show if you haven't it really really helps the show um, I can't emphasize enough how appreciated that is when I when I get a rating or a review from, from a listener it really makes my day I love hearing from listeners because you know you don't you're always talking into a microphone you don't actually uh, get a lot of feedback so we do appreciate you uh, telling us what you think and um, if there's guest recommendations or if there's things that you want us to talk about that we can maybe add to the list uh, then please let us know okay reach out to us and yeah right over to the show now we'll uh, be enjoying this conversation with Neil Wagstaff all around personalized diet and exercise Welcome back, everybody. Fantastic to have you with us again. Today, I have Neil Wagstaff in Havelock North, my business partner at Running Hot Coach, my longtime coach and exercise scientist, brilliant man. Welcome to the show again, Neil. Fantastic to have you back again. Thanks, Lisa. Nice introduction. I like that. Yeah, well, you know, got to build you up a little bit, you know. Nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all very well earned too, by the way, people. Um, So today's subject, and I love having these conversations with Neil because we love to learn together, develop our philosophies together, train together. Yeah, it's all fantastic. So today we're going to be looking at 
exercise and uh, nutrition and how to personalize it to you so that you are doing the right diet and the right types of exercise for your particular body. Um, so, Neil, where do you want to start with us? Do we want to start with the body types and that type of thing? I think if we give give people a, a little bit of an overview of their just just the phenotype, what we're going to be looking at, and then we can go into some of the body types from there. So just everyone should appreciate and understand, Lisa, that they're all unique. Yeah. And it's okay to be different. It's okay to be themselves. And gone are the days are of a one-size-fits-all program from an exercise and, nu- and nutrition point of view. Um, and the your, your exercise and nutrition should be personalized to to you. Now, as we as we look at that and talk through it, it's good to look at it through the lens of, which is where we're going to be looking at it, through the lens of epigenetics. So the as as you know, we're all born with around 23,000 genes or born with our blueprint. That's our yep. blueprint of our, of our genes. Yep. And those genes are what we're given when we're born. But what we can do now and where our body responds with the exercise and food we give it will dictate how our genes express themselves. So if we're giving ourselves the wrong type of exercise or the wrong type of nutrition or doing it at the wrong times of day or a different time of day, then our genes can respond in a different way. And what we get as a result of that is a phenotype with you and I looking at each other with how we look. Our phenotype can look significantly different and can be affected from a health point of view if we've got the exercise, wrong time of day, wrong dosage, um, the wrong intensity, um, and the same from a nutrition point of view. Wrong foods, wrong time of day. Um, and the wrong amount, and all of a sudden our phenotype can change quite sig- significantly, and we can end up with a with a body that is not in a good state from a health point of view. Yeah, and this is where the the one size fits all approach of the fitness industry, you know, up until recently at least, um, has you know put certain body types and down the wrong direction. And you use a couple of terms there that I just want to clarify, and people would have heard on a couple of our earlier podcasts that they've listened to, to a number of them. Uh, we're really big on understanding your genes and, and, and understanding um, how to optimise your genes and how to make the best out of your body and not seeing the genes as something as deterministic, but seeing them in as, a, as a, well, here's, here's my genes, here's how, how I can optimise them and how I can also be aware of perhaps some of the weaknesses that I might have and how I can make the best out of my body and out of my mind and out of my sporting performance and out of my health. Um, so the word phenotype is a, is a word that you know we, we use in our daily language now, but people probably don't quite understand what a phenotype. So if you think of your DNA, your twenty three thousand genes odd, with they're still counting, but around about there, uh, and then everything that happens in your environment, all your food, your nutrition, the way you think, your perspective on life, your emotional well being, all of these things affect your genes and what is the result of that is how you are that includes not only the way you look physically but also the the state of your mind the state of your body the state of your health is there is it's a culmination so the the epi meaning above the gene it's outside of the genes what's influencing the genes so when we talk about genes being turned on and off this is where it gets exciting because we have the ability. So we inherited our genes. We can't do anything about that. Mum and dad did that for us. We are given the blueprint half from mum, half from dad. We got to make the best of that. However, which genes are actually activated and which are being transcribed, transcription is a word that is used in, in regards to genes, and actually read 
is very much in our control. So some people, you know, get a little bit nervous when they hear genes, oh, getting my genes tested, maybe I'll come back with some bad genes. Well, um, there's no such thing really as as having you know, there's, there, well, there is, there's some bad mutations and so on, but we don't need to say, well, that means I'm going to get cancer. I've got the BRCA gene, so I'm going to get cancer. Or if I've got the MTHFR gene and the methylation and I've got some bad mutations, therefore I am going to get XYZ. That's not the case. It's like, oh, okay, got a bit of a problem here. Right. I have to do some certain interventions or certain things that can help support my body. And that's what we're all about. And today we want to focus in on the exercise part of the uh, puzzle and also the nutrition part of the puzzle. So if we go now into some broad body types to give you a bit of a framework to build this around, and unfortunately with the podcast, um, and for those watching on YouTube, you know, we, we do have slides and stuff, but we haven't got them with us today. It's a little bit hard to picture, but if we go in now and talk a little bit about the, the, the three major body types, Neil, can you explain you know, visually how they look and what Yeah, so our, our somatotypes, as they're, as they're called, are um, basically three different body shapes, okay? So different bodies are going to respond to exercise in different ways, okay? So our ectomorph are generally um, taller, longer, slimmer, lower percentage of body fat, um, leaner, and generally, depending on what they're doing, we'll find we'll often struggle to put more lean tissue on. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether they're exercising or not, they normally keep a similar sort of similar sort of shape. Um, our mesomorph are normally a little bit shorter in stature. Um, they're that sort of traditional triangle shape. So broader shoulders, narrow at the waist, um, and shorter with the with the lower limbs. Um, they're very, very good at putting on muscle mass and usually put it on very quickly. Um, and they're usually those a little bit more um Agile, quick, good coordinate, good coordination, and usually those uh, are, are good in the sporting arena as well. Our endomorphs are usually bigger bones, great at putting on all tissue, so great at putting on adipose tissue or body fat, also great at putting on muscle. So bigger, much much bigger units from a, a body point of view, and evenly sort of shaped from with upper and lower body, so that that mass is kind of distributed quite nicely across the across the whole body as well. And if you look around you, look at your, your family, your friends, those around you, you'll see that we are all different shapes mm. and we should be different shapes. It's yeah. okay to be different shapes. If I'm an endomorph, I don't want to spend my entire time trying to be an ectomorph. Trying to, trying to be an ectomorph. Um, but this is way the health and fitness industry has been set up. That yeah. There's this picture of this is what we should all look like. We should all yeah. look like this and <laughs> we should all be great, which for some people, they're going to fit into that box and they're going to go, yeah, it works for me. Others, it's just not good news. So we need to create some more individuality and personalization around it that people get in the right results. If we take a step further as well, this whole process starts when you're growing in mum's tummy. Mm. So with the science of um, embryology, this all happens at, at, at that phase. And if you imagine as you're growing in mum's tummy, how much energy you're given to each of your derms. So you've got your ectoderm, your mesoderm, and your endoderm. As you're developing and growing in mum's tummy, you'll get a certain amount of energy into each of those derms. So this whole process of what body shape or somatotype you're going to be is starting as you're growing in mum's in mum's tummy. As you're developing, I'm I'm kind of sit as a ectomeso, I'm more on the on the a little bit more on the ecto side. So I'm kind of taller, struggle to put muscle on a bit more, can put some mus- muscle tissue on more than a true ectomorph would. But as I was developing in my mum's tummy, I had much more energy go into my ectoderm. So I had more development through my nervous system. So I've got quite an active nervous system, more sensitive to uh, pain, 
um, a little bit uh, uh, a very active mind um, and probably describe the body as a little bit more fragile than an endomorph body would be, yep. which has more development through um, the digestive tract, um, the ability to put on more tissue. So therefore, a much more resilient body, going to be better to deal with um, high level weights, stress. stress. Endurance-wise, it's, it's great at taking a whole lot of um, physical endurance from an exercise point of view. It's a sort of body that's going to be well-suited to, to powerlifting and things like that, but great endurance-wise. Dwayne Johnson so, is a good example of one of those, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the rock. Yeah, very, very much so. Very, yeah. very resilient body. So this whole process is starting as you see so when you come into the world, you're kind of already going to be a ecto, a meso, or an endo, or a combination of. You might be an ecto, meso, a meso, endo, and an endo, ecto. Mm. But if you can start to relate as you're listening and, and look at your body shape and start to think about where, what sort of body shape have I, I got and what sort of activities should I then be doing for that, for that body? Yep. And what time of day should I be doing it? And how should what sort of dose of exercise should I, I be applying? Then you can start to get some good wins. Okay, you can start to get some real, real good, real good wins with your your exercise and, and nutrition plans. And that's what we sort of want to cover off today is a little bit of a broad, so very broad overview. So Neil and I have a program where we actually do your genes and 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 have a have a whole technology behind us if you wanted to, you know, go into it and do a deep dive and find out exactly what you are and where you sit and what the right recommendations are for your body, the right foods, the right exercise, the right times of day. But to just give you a broader overview if you, you know, want some takeaways from today. So start to think, where do I sit? So I know that I sit on uh, the ectomeso sort of side of things. So I'm not a true, true mesomorph, but I am quite... Uh, muscular in build. Um, I'm a little bit taller than your average mesomorph. Um, so I have some ectomorph tendencies as well. So if I'm looking from, from me, there are certain things that are really good for me and certain things that are not so good for me. Um, and so we're going to cover off a little bit today, those from the three major groups, the ectomorph, the endomorph and the mesomorph, what some high-level wins are that you can just take away from this from this podcast today and actually go, I think I fall into that category or a combination of those two. And that and then you can start to experiment. I mean, of course, come come and see us, ask us some questions, do the program if you want to do it. But if you don't want to do it, you can take some some high-level wins away from this. So for the um, let's start with the mesomorph, you know, because that's sort of the the, the the part that I fall into and know quite well. So the mesomorph from a from a body type is very good at putting on lean muscle mass. They're very uh, quick adapters. So when they exercise, they get results quite quickly. They're very coordinated usually and quite athletic. Uh, from a personality perspective, they can be quite into challenge and into beating everybody else, very competitive. Um, they love to express themselves. So they can be, they, they're quite, um, they need to be able to share their thoughts. Sometimes there's no filter between the brain and the mouth. <laughs> um, and they, they have a, a dominance in uh, testosterone and adrenaline if they're a true mesomorph. Uh, and this means that they have a bit more of a risk-taking personality. They have uh, a lot of drive and determination. They can push through uh, and they tend to go hard out and they like a lot of change and, and, and a lot of like uh, challenge and that sort of thing. So you can see 
possibly that I fit nicely into that category with a bit of ectomorph in there as well. Um, so for that person, Neil, can you explain what are some of the high-level wins for them from an eating and an exercise perspective? Yeah, no worries, Lou. So natural strengths for that, the sort of body you're just describing is going to be good from a sort of hand-eye coordination point of view. So getting involved in activities that involve good hand-eye coordination. They're going to be quite agile and quick. They're going to be able to move quickly. Um, respond quickly from a body awareness point of view they're going to have good connection with their body often you'll find if you're this sort of body you'll be able to pick things up quite quickly try a sport try an activity and get it get it quite quickly um as you said quick responders so the type of exercise you're doing um you're going to respond quickly to to be to be fair and probably very honest this is this is the message the sort of people that the fitness industry is been screaming about for, for years with you should do high intensity interval training so yep. crossfit style exercise high intensity interval training um short bursts of high intensity ex- exercise will work very very well for for this body so if you've got this body those shorter sessions the so sort of 20 to 20 to 40 minutes is going to work very well for your body um things to be careful of here are exercising for too long so exercising for long periods of time this will often involve in a, it will result in additional inflammation and um, additional load on the body. So one of the biggest wins, and we've worked a lot on this, uh, Lisa, ourselves as well, with with your programming, is yeah. making sure there's not enough rest in the program. Yep. So here it's all about going hard, but then resting hard. Going hard, resting hard. Now what often happens is a lot of um, our, our athletes and runners that we work with and um, just people looking for general health goals as well, we find that they go hard really well, but they don't rest so well. Yeah. So you end up with that inflammation, that additional load on the body, and then um, and then that's when you end up with the, the injuries, niggles, and, and health burnout as well. So just, yeah, rest hard um, and all right to work hard, but make sure the rest hard is there as well. Move no. daily. The yep. regular movement. Yep. Um, as I've talked to Lisa now, she's moving around on a, a, a <laughs> rocket board. Rocket board, so she's <laughs> rocket bats and forwards. That's great for her. It means we can do what we're doing, and she can she can stay in flow, and she can stay in flow because she's moving regularly. For this body type, leaving it sat still at a desk all day Kills is a me. recipe for disaster. <laughs> <Kills okay? me. laughs> so don't be sedentary in the afternoon. Okay, be conscious about moving that two to four p.m. window. Getting out and moving. If you're sat at your desk, then stuff where you can work and move is is very useful as well. Um, Lisa indicated that about having the competition, the challenge, whatever you're doing exercise wise, this is why for the mesomorph programs like CrossFit work so well, because you get the work up, up on the board. It's like, right, what's the challenge for today? Don't know what it's going to be. What is it? We've got the challenge. It's up on the board. Away we go. And now I've got a whole group of people that I can beat. So that's why it works. Um, it works so well for the, um, for the, for the mesomorph. Um, looking at opportunities as well working out earlier in the morning some good wi- uh, windows to work, work out to early in the afternoon but make sure that you are dipping things down and going for your working in style exercises in the in the late afternoon and evening so you're turning the body down um, mobility work meditation work stuff that's going to slow the system down get you into a parasympathetic state so you're then ready to rest recover and go and do the same thing the next the next day don't go hard out all night which I used to do day and night, <laughs> <laughs> and then crash. Uh, rest, rest, rest hard. <laughs> Food-wise, you can start to see that it's a similar, a very, it's going to be with the amount of movement that we're encouraging for the mesomorph. It's like, right, we're going to need to fuel that. So food to this body is like kindling on a fire. 
it, you put it in and it burns through it quickly. Transit time from mouth to bum is pretty quick. So you need to keep, you need to keep fueling. Um, so three good meals, um, with breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then regular snacks. So you're going to be looking at, um, up to sort of five or six meals a day. That paleo style food recommendation that again has come out from the, from the fitness industry is great for the mesomorph. This type. Okay. Yep. And enough protein. Protein is going to be key. Often we find with a lot of mesos we work with, um, and some that are even, um, vegetarian or vegan, where we get some massive wins is getting the protein up. So yep. the protein is needed for the recovery. Um, it's needed to obviously more so for this body type. So getting that up and um, increasing that can be, can be key. To that to that point, quickly, we did a, a podcast. Uh, was it two two weeks ago? I think with Dr. Uh, David Minkoff. Make sure mm-hmm. you go and listen to that podcast because that was all about uh, the uh, the perfect amino combination and getting the right so amino acids being the building blocks of proteins. And this is a game changer for a lot of athletes, and especially people who are in the mesomorph. And if you're definitely if you're vegan or vegetarian and try and you're of this body type, um, or if you're like me and you're constantly dealing with a protein deficiency then that can be um, uh, really detrimental to your health. And there's a, a product that Dr. Minkoff has, has, has put out, which, um, uh, you know, is just next level. Um, I've had some great wins with it already with a couple of people that I'm working with and with myself uh, and just healing much better, much more calmer and so on because you're finally getting all the proteins that you need in the right combination. Uh, so make sure you go and listen to that because when you have the – you know, a steak, only uh, 33% of that steak is actually going to turn into uh, protein. So just because you eat meat, don't don't think you've already got it covered. So make sure you go and listen to that episode a couple of weeks ago, just as an aside. But the mesomorph does need a lot more protein. The mesomorph also has a lot more oxidative stress. They, they have a lot more oxidants, so they need a lot of antioxidant support. So these are antioxidants are things like your vitamin C, uh, which I've just done a massive series on as well. Very, very important for this body type. Uh, glutathione is your master uh, antioxidant. Um, bioflavonoids. Um, so getting your fruits and your veggies and your things that have got those oxid- uh, antioxidants in there can really help this type as well. Connecting the dots a little bit for the listeners as well, Lisa, is that we're recommending here where we said sort of dosage wise, we were talking about that sort of 20 to 45 minute short session. Yeah. Now it could be that we've got some runners listening and are doing ultra marathon runners yeah. like you used, you used to yeah. um, with your big distance you've done in the past is, is, is looking at, right. It doesn't mean you've got to stop running long distances and you've got to um, cut back to doing 20 to 45 minute sessions. You can still be a long distance runner, but it becomes more important then that you rest harder. So the rest dosage needs to go up, plus really conscious then, are you getting the right amount of food in each day and is there enough protein to support that additional workload? So it's getting clever with going, right, there's other exercises I want to do, which isn't necessarily the best choice of exercise for my body mm. type, but I love mm. it. So I'm going to carry on doing it, but now I can use the other information I've got to go, right, what do I need more of to support my body through this? And that's working in the grey, if you like, you know, because we've got our personal goals and then we've got our genetics and what they want. So it's that's what we help with people too, to 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 work in that in that grey area to make, yeah, like I I wanted to do ultras, I did it for twenty five years and 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 had some fantastic times and successes, but it did come at a cost because I wasn't 
aware of all this back then and not necessarily covering all my bases, which lead to problems, as shall we say. Um, okay, let's move over now to the endomorph body type. So these are the, 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 the types of people that are bigger boned, like literally bigger boned, and they have more muscle mass, more, more bone uh, uh, mass, and they tend to be cons- conservationists. In, in their body type. So my mum's a classic example of uh, an endomorph body type, uh, can live on the smell of an oily rag, basically, as far as food goes for a long period of time and not lose weight and also not lose muscle, which can have huge advantages and huge disadvantages. So, Neil, uh, what are some of the exercise and food recommendations for the endomorph body type? But generally, these guys' bodies, as we said, when we're talking about the embryology side with the body shapes, these bodies are going to be good for endurance. They're going to be great for strength. You can put a significant amount of load through them. Okay, so we've talked, and now you start to see some differences coming in. We've talked about with the mesomorph, short, sharp, high intensity, fast, explosive, quick style movements, the CrossFit style stuff. Now we're going to talk about getting heavier weights. Okay, so heavier weights, lower repetitions could be in the sort of five to eight rep, rep range with good rest periods in between. So you can get gains without pain. That message, again, that's come out of the fitness industry over the years is got to keep pushing. No, you know, back no, to back. No, no pain, no pain, no gain. Here we can get gain without the pain. That's fine. Just let the body take its, um, take its time, put some good load through it. Things to take into account here as well is we've got runners listening, which we, we probably have with the audience least, is looking at making sure you've got a longer warm-up. So yep. this body's going to take longer to warm up. If you're going out to do some endurance stuff, give it a good 15, 20 minutes. A mesomorph body type might not need as long to warm up, okay? There's going to be differences. Um, careful with the repetitive impact in jumping without the extended warm-up. You can still do them, but you need the longer, the longer warm-up for it. Now, um, generally in the morning, this body type, we said with the, um, with the mesomorph, get up early and get into some stuff. What we're saying here with the with this the the endo um, body shape is start slower. This body is going to have a different hormone balance as well. So getting up early and loading the body with a high intensity class at six a.m. is probably going to result in that body putting on, um, on adipose tissue and body fat. Tissue, fat. So you could do uh, boot camp literally three days a week. You could get do train like a yeah train and get fatter. All not changed at all. So both yeah. are just, yeah, crazy concepts. I yeah. train three three mornings a week. I eat six meals a day and I'm getting fatter. Yeah. So it's it's looking at the morning should be about improving your circulation and rising slowly. So if you want to move, move, but keep it at a low, low, a low stress volume, level. Go a low more. stress level. Yeah. Ease into the day, spend time in nature, and then slower, heavy lifting will start to get you better results. Optimum time to be doing some training is going to be later in the day. So the later you can push your training in the day, the better. Again, slow start, pick up steam, and then go hard, um, and then use your energy before you before you go down into the into the latter part of the day. Yep. Um, and yeah, just look at it, lower reps. Try it and test it. Okay, like you said at the start, if you want to um, if you want to get the exactly who you are, come and come and have a look at the program. If you want to play with it and test it. See what re- results you get. Some more traditional style lifting, bigger compound movements, get some good weight through the body, and that weight will, um, the, sorry, the body will respond well to that additional resistance. Yeah. And that applies to guys and girls. Ladies, don't worry that you're going to start getting um, bigger yeah. as a result of this. We'll start to change shape in a positive way yeah. by getting more load through your body. 
exactly. And muscles are good things, girls. Um, and a, 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 an example of this is my brother Dorse, um, who looks like The Rock, actually. And, you know, his classic uh, training style is heavy, heavy weights and doing them quite slowly. Whereas if you watch us two at the gym, I'm going hard out, hard out, like back-to-back sets, changing, and he's sitting there with his music on and he's doing one set and then he's having a rest and then he's doing another set and having a rest. And I used to think, shit, I don't want to do that because that's wasting my day, you know, like I don't want to spend so long at the gym. And, and then he shut, he's cut it down, you know, to, to the size he wants. But that's the right way to exercise for his body. Conversely, with my with husband Hazley, and I've said this before, I used to make him do CrossFit at six a.m. in the morning, which was a complete disaster for you're his a body. Woman, Lise. You're a yeah, hard woman, Yeah, I am a hard woman. <laughs> 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 Poor Hazley. Um, and and now that he's doing, he does super long distance running, and he does heavy weights. He doesn't like doing the weights particularly, so I got to drag him to the gym. But um, that he his body responds to that heavier, slower weights. But don't make him do CrossFit; he won't get the results, and it will it will it won't be a, a good experience for him. Okay, uh, from a meal topic. perspective, let's talk a little bit about their their eating times and the chronobiology of their their when they should eat. Yeah, we talked about with the meso just that you know that five or six times a day, the the food is like kindling on a fire. Now we're going to change that. For this body type, we're looking at um, potentially changing the uh, meals to, um, say, 10, 2, and 6. So later breakfast, later lunch, with lunch being the biggest meal. Lunch being the biggest meal of the day and then um, a smaller dinner as well. And in some key cases, depending you know, how close you are to the, the meso and how close you are to the ecto, in some cases, looking at, for, for the endomorphs, looking at getting rid of breakfast altogether and yep. having a longer fast in the morning. Higher vegetarian, yep. um, high, high vegetarian um, uh, intake for, the, for these bodies as well. And it's amazing. Some of the local wins we've had with some of the guys we're working with locally in Hawke's Bay, um, big guys, um, big sportsmen as well. And just going from eating sort of four or five times a day, lots of meat, reducing that meat down, increasing the vegetarian um, um, portion of food that's going into their diet, longer fast in the morning, their energy has gone through the roof, their clarity of mind has gone through the roof, their resilience with regards to niggles and injuries that they'd had before, which was probably down to inflammation, has now mm-hmm. started to go. Um, and the results they're getting is, is phenomenal. Now, again, you see in the media that everyone should be fasting's next best thing. Yep. What we're seeing now that for some people it is the it the is next the, best thing. It's the yeah. perfect thing. For these it's guys, it's great. For, them. for these guys, it's gay. For others, if you put me on a fasting process like that, with we talked about the ectomorph having the high nervous um, development of the nervous system, need carbohydrates for the brain. I'd be out cold by lunchtime if I followed a, <laughs> a, um, a meal plan like that. I would have probably eaten one of my limbs. Um, so it's, I mean, you can do a fast, right but you, right do, you, you do a shorter fast, don't you, Neil? So you do yeah, like so I, I won't eat generally. Yeah, I generally to... won't eat after 7 in the evening and then don't eat until 7 again the so next morning. So it's a 12-hour fast kick, type thing, yeah. To kickstart my day, mm. I need the, I need the, the carbs. Yeah. And so that's just working in with your thing because there is good things about fasting. Don't get me wrong here. Like there is really good things about fasting for all body types to a certain degree. Um, yeah. Women have to be a little bit careful with a longer, longer fast in, in, in relation to your cycling. And if you're of, of an ectomorph 
side of the wheel, then and um, to, to a lesser extent the meso, then your fast should be a little bit shorter. There are some great things about fasting, you know, to, especially if you're dealing with weight issues or inflammation on the body, or um, if you, you know, there's some special specialized reasons why you want to do longer fasts uh, for autophagy and uh, inhibiting mTOR and things like that. But that's outside today's discussion. But um, as a general rule, a good 12-hour intermittent fast for an ecto is a great thing to give your body a rest. Uh, for an for an endomorph, you know, if you can last up to 16 hours or even longer, brilliant. Uh, and you can actually even go for longer uh, t- periods of time if you're really on that endomorph side of the scale without too much detriment. So it's learning to, to understand, but definitely only two to three meals a day uh, and not five to six meals a day. Is, is probably yeah, the key takeaway point. Correct. And the where we've had the biggest wins, just as a little summary for these guys, is changing the exercise time. So moving the exercise to later in the day yep. and going to three meals at 10, 2, and 6. Um, huge, 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 huge wins. wins already. So yep. it's and, um, and simple changes, massive results. Yep, slower slower uh, periods in between your, your, your sets. Uh, or long-distance, slow, sort of aerobic activity, perfect for these guys. Um, okay, now let's go to the ectomorph, the last sort of group on the on the on the on the spectrum, if you like. What what do these guys need? So these guys are generally going to be your speed endurance guys and girls. They're going to be the ones that have got the ability to to live on that threshold. So they often be your triathletes, um, your sort of middle distance runners. Those people that, and some middle to long distance runners, but they can they can live on that edge, that lactate threshold, quite comfortably and enjoy it for quite long periods of time. So high drive to do that as well. So they want want to do that, enjoy doing that. And um, we talked as well about them being more developed in the nervous system. So the rhythmical exercise of cycling and of running and swimming that helps calm this body a little bit as well. So the rhythmical exercise is almost like a meditation will help calm that. I find being able to process my thoughts of mind while I'm on a bike or running is, is the best best place to do it. Yep. Um, things to be careful of. This body will often be stiffer through the through the spinal column and will often have tighter, more rigid tissue. So you need a balance of that speed endurance work um, and but also to, to complement that, you're going to need a lot of mobility work, flexibility work, okay, and stuff that's going to mobilize and open up the spine. From a repetition point of view, we've just talked about the endomorph having higher reps. I um, personally, historically, had always done a, a, oh, right. Actually. a uh, yes. yeah, generally done a strength block a couple of times a year mm-hmm. and would end up doing reps of um, sort of five to eight heavy lifting. And that's when I'd usually pick up most of my injuries. Yeah. And the reason was is my body just wasn't, is not capable. Not designed for that. Capable is not the, the right word. It's not designed, as you say, yeah. to um, to do that. I can put some heavier load through it, but I need to be a lot more careful than an endomorph body body would. So higher reps, 12 to 20 reps, um, lots of mobility work, and really going a day of high intensity, endurance-based work, followed by a day of um, recovery, yoga, mobility work, and peaking and troughing it like that. Okay, um, Good windows of opportunity with exercise around 7 in the morning. And then again in the afternoon, depending on what works best for, for this body body type. Okay, again, you're seeing quite big differences. Differences in body shape, therefore differences in the type of exercise you're going to respond to and um, and the results you're going to get from it. Yep. And I think that, that, that rounds it up really nicely. So you've got your, your ecto, your endo, and your mesomorphs. And these are 
this is a helicopter view, guys. If you want to, if you want to dig deep into the whole science of the genetics and the epigenetics, um, then we can get really granular. Like, and tell you, don't eat, you know, kale. Do eat spinach, like down to that sort of level, and do you know? But just to keep it so you can t- take away some wins for today. Those, I think, try and identify what you are or whether you're like me, a bit of a mixture between a mesomorph and an ectomorph, and where you sit on that scale, listen to this again, pick out some of those, because this is about low-hanging fruit and getting a couple of wins. And if you take away from this that you should be eating a little bit later in the day and doing your exercise later in the day, um, then, you know, that's 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 already a positive one down to this. And understanding I think one of the biggest things that I've gotten out of this whole genetics, uh, you know, this whole genre that you and I have gone down, Neil, in the functional genomics and the epigenetics is it's okay to be me in that in all aspects, you know, whether it's us working together in our business and the ways our brains work and the way our personality is and the times of the day that we do things right through to the nutrition and right through to the social and, and understanding, hey, I was born this way. <laughs> not that that's an excuse to be, um, you know, not, not great at something, but it does explain why I do things in a certain way and why my brain works in a certain way, why my body is reacts in certain ways and it gives you permission to be you because like as a young woman I know that I you know I, I was always wanting to be an ectomorph I always wanted to be the the, the, the super skinny um, model type girl and and I was a muscular athletic girl and that was not okay because that was not what I wanted to be and I know Neil struggled with the same thing he had small calf muscles and thought you know if I do a billion reps of calf muscles I'm going to have big calves and you, you're pushing shit uphill basically aren't you Neil you so, can't so be what calves. you're not <laughs> now you love your calves because you can run a hell of a lot faster than I can that's for sure yeah. um, they look great yeah. in heels Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, for someone like mum who struggles with the weight because of the endomorph uh, tendencies, I tell you what, if she hadn't had that type of body, she wouldn't have got up out of a wheelchair after two years and been able to walk, you know, because she still had muscle mass. She still had good bones. She still didn't have osteoporosis or anything. So there are advantages and there are disadvantages to every body type. The, The thing to take away is... Let's work with our advantages. Let's be aware of our weaknesses and let's accept ourselves, I think, as we are and understand ourselves better. And that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Nicely. For the well, day. well wrapped up. Very cool. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you very much once again for listening to us. Please do reach out to either Neil or I if you want uh, support doing this program. We'd love to have you uh, join us, of course. Or if you've got any other health issues or whatever you want to talk about or your fitness journey, you're running, you've got some goals, please reach out to us. You can get us at support at lisatamati.com. Give the, the show a rating and review and share this, please, with your friends. We love doing this type of thing, don't we, Neil? It's our, if we could just do this all day, we'd be stoked. (laughs) We love teaching, we love sharing, we love having good content out there in the world. So, thanks very much, guys, and we'll see you again next week. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review, and share with your friends. And head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com. 